When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about the Buffs depth chart. So, it's not like an, well, it is an official depth chart, I guess, since the team put it out. Um, but it isn't like the, the pre-fall depth charts we typically get. Um, so, so, the way this one works is you obviously have your positions, but instead of having the players in an order... And I guess they are in an order, just that the order is alphabetical and not based on their standing with the team. Not really sure why this was the, the decision. Um, honestly, from their perspective, I think it's probably the right move. Uh, if, if I'm being honest, it's it sucks for us because we'd love to see like, oh, here's where everybody stands as of right now. But from their perspective they honestly probably don't know even more so than in most off seasons. You know, you lose six starters on the defensive side. You lose one, two linemen, two receivers and a running back. So five on the offensive side. So that's half of your offensive and defensive starters are gone. Um, with so many young guys, so many guys you haven't gotten on the field yet. So many injuries during this camp. I get why they did it this way, um, but since since they put this death chart out in this honestly kind of boring way, we're going to, to make it a little bit more fun by going through and building our own death chart, which should be kind of fun, and again, we don't, we're making a bunch of assumptions today, I could be way off on all of this, who knows, uh, but it will be it will be kind of fun just to to dig in, see if we can figure out where people stand. You know, yesterday, if you didn't hear, we we did like the the rankings of all the all of the players in terms of who is who's trending up, who who probably helped their stock the most during camp or had their stock helped, whether it was them or not. Um, today, where you get to just go through. And instead of like trends, it's just where you stand right now. So I'm excited. Um, I don't think there's much for notes to get to. Um, we can say that Conrad Hussey, the uh, the the defensive back who 
plays for St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, the the school down in Florida, national powerhouse. They have it's some crazy number, like twice as many draft picks, uh, like NFL draft picks as any other high school in the country. Uh, he decided he's going to Penn State. Now there was there was a lot of buzz that he could be uh, headed to uh, Colorado. Just because uh, there's there's another player who's going to to Colorado, a wide receiver named Isaiah Harge, and the the two of them visited Boulder, not this most recent weekend, but the weekend before that, and there were there was there were some people who thought that the two of them were going to wind up at the same place, um, but Colorado brought in what is he the hundredth ranked hundredth ranked receiver in the country. The Hussey goes to Penn State, which is a little bit disappointing. I think Hussey would have been a top three recruit. Top, definitely top four. I think top three recruit so far in this class. Um, and, you know, if he joined, it would be 11. So third out of 11th. Would have been a nice addition, but it's still so early. They've had so many commitments so far. Can't get too upset about losing one. Um, and who knows? Maybe he changes his mind, wants to follow Isaiah to Colorado. It's not necessarily over yet. Hopefully the opposite doesn't happen. Isaiah does have the, uh, the offer to Penn State, which, I mean, if you're a receiver, you, you'd understand why you would want to go to Penn State. Um, Jahan Dotson is probably going to be a first-round draft pick this year. Uh, they had K.J. Hamler a couple years ago. Chris Godwin came from there. Allen Robinson came from there. Not really the same style of receiver as these other guys, um, but... There is a there's a trend for sure. There's a trend for sure. So I guess there's a little recruiting update, but now we can jump in. Um, do we do offense or defense first? Let's run through the offense. And I figured it would be more fun to to not prepare this one. Sometimes it's better just to talk this stuff through. Uh, it also can also lead to chaos. So uh, we'll we'll see which one of those two things happens. Um, Let's start with the offensive line. So again, this is this is the 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 reps chart that Colorado put out um, before the spring game. So it was that morning they they released it. They had it waiting for us up in the press box, and this is the one that they are going to be working off of heading into fall camp. And then the next time we'll get a depth chart is right before the first game of the season. It'll be probably that Tuesday of the TCU week. Um, and so this is this is our one update since the end of last year and before this upcoming season. Um, maybe we run through the players just listed as injured. Um, and and this, this doesn't necessarily mean they didn't do anything during camp, but it means that they didn't do all that much. Uh, Edgar Amaya, a guard. Uh, Nigel Bethel. Jared Christian Lichtenhan. Uh, Camden Dempsey. Caleb Fourier, Joshka Gustav, Isaiah Lewis, Tyus Martin, Grant Page, Louis Passareo, uh, Ty Robinson, Oki Salavea. Uh, so Oki, Oki, I'm really excited about. I think there's a chance he sees the field this year. And I think that if he had been healthy for camp, it, 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 I would say it's likely that we see him this year. Now, now things get a little bit tougher, especially with more safeties coming in over this uh, summer. But they do have him listed at safety. Um, outside of that, we, we didn't know Joshka wasn't participating. Um, I mean, we never heard about him. So if you were to make assumptions, you would, you would guess that he wasn't out there. Caleb Fourier, kind of the same thing. We didn't know for sure, but it sounded that way. Um, with the lineman, Jared Christian Lichtenhan, similar, never heard his name after hearing his name quite a bit last year. Um, 
yeah, I think I think that's really it for noteworthy stuff out of there. Um, but yeah, let's get to this offensive line. At tackle, they have four players listed. Frank Phillip, Travis Gray, Jack Seaval, and Jake Wiley. Now again, Jared Christian Lichtenhand fits in there somewhere. And on top of that, you've got a couple more players coming in over the summer. Um, although you don't really expect to see uh, freshmen get th- really anywhere notable on the depth chart. Um, so we will assume that they will not. Um, as it stands with those four, Frank Phillip, Jake Wiley, pencil them in as your starters. Travis Gray, the fact that he's on there is impressive. Um, is, is he able to pass Jared Christian Lichtenhan? Who knows? Um, I, th- I think it's possible. I will say that. I will say that. Um, it, it might be more likely that, you know, if for some reason they need one of these tackles to take the field, you bump Tommy Brown outside, and then you play either Noah Fenske or Austin Johnson, whoever doesn't win the starting center job. Um, but you, you never know. You never know how this will shake out. I do think, though, that... Jake Wiley, Frank Phillip, I'd be surprised if those aren't your opening day starters. Um, Travis Gray, Jack Seval, Jared Christian Lichtenhan, probably just competing for that number three spot. Um, We'll see how that pans out. At guard, they have four players listed. Jackson Anderson, Tommy Brown, Ben Resnick, Casey Roddick. Uh, We actually heard Carl say that that Ben Resnick and Jack Seval are players who may be playing their way toward a scholarship. Um, so while it doesn't, it isn't necessarily like inspiring confidence to see two walk-ons listed in these eight offensive linemen we've talked about, they are outperforming expectations. And you add on top of that, you know, Jack Seval as a tackle, he's a sophomore, uh, hasn't redshirted, I believe. No, he must have redshirted. It must just not include that on this depth chart, but, um, He's six seven two eighty five. You know, if you get that up to six seven three ten, all of a sudden you're talking about like a prototypical tackle. Ben Resnick at six six three ten. Obviously, the, the the physical attributes are there for both of these guys, and so that's why you could see them earning that scholarship. I'm um, getting back to this way the depth chart shakes out, though. Casey Roddick at right guard, Tommy Brown at left guard. I don't think there's much conversation outside of that. Um, Again, Jackson Anderson, Ben Resnick listed also at that position. You assume they're the backups. Although, you know, Camden Dempsey, now he, he prob- probably not factoring in, but who knows. Um, again, most likely solution is that if, if you need a third guard, it is Noah Fenske or Austin Johnson, whoever isn't the starter. Um, and and at, at center, we might as well say this. Those are the only two listed, and that's... Not really a surprise with Carson Lee entering the transfer portal. Um, I think going through looking at this offensive line, they really have six players. Um, six guys who who are at that top tier of offensive linemen. Again, that's Frank Phillip, Jake Wiley, Tommy Brown, Casey Roddick, Noah Fenske, Austin Johnson. Um, uh, I guess Alex Harkey comes in and he could factor in there. But unless they add a transfer lineman, now that I think of it, I think didn't they just do that last week? I think I think they just did over the week. I can't remember his name. Um, but I mean, it is pretty likely they add another. But it does seem like you're kind of down to your six that only needs you know whittled down one more spot, and you've got your starters for opening day. Um, into the skill positions, though, 
At tight end, there are three listed. Eric Olson, Brady Russell, Austin Smith. Um, you also had Caleb Fourier and Louis Passareo who were both injured. I would guess that those three listed are your top three. Um, just just because they do have that leg up, and I think the gap between Eric Olson, Austin Smith, and those two injured tight ends should be so slim. Um, the just these extra reps should help. Brady's obviously number one. Is Eric Olson or Austin Smith number two? It's a tough question. I think I'd go Eric Olson, but it's again, it's it's tough to say. And I think the the best case for Austin Smith is that you're probably flexing him out into the slot more. Um, you can obviously have him do different things. You can have him line up in line. You can have him flex out. Who knows? Maybe you could even use him in the backfield. We just haven't seen enough to know. I'd be surprised by that, though. Um, but if you are kind of using him as this big slot, um, you don't have to worry so much about the blocking. Whereas with Eric Olsen... Who knows? Maybe maybe they do see him as somebody who they want to do that as well. The, the, the fit isn't quite as pure as Austin's would be. Um, but with Eric, if, if you see him more as that inline tight end, you, you need him to be able to block. And the last time we saw, he struggled blocking. Again, we're, we're nitpicking here. I still think Eric probably has the leg up just based on what we heard during camp. Um, but don't be too surprised if it turns out that Austin um, is is the number two. Um, and really, I mean, if Caleb Fourier, Louis Passareo, if, if either one of them steps up, uh, they, they also have the opportunity to surpass both those guys. Um, although any of these guys beating Brady would be a, a huge, huge, huge upset at this point. Um, let's hit running backs. Let's hit running backs. Uh, so five listed, Alex Fontenot, Charlie Offerdahl, Deion Smith, Jaylee Stacks, Noah Wagner, None injured, but you do have two more additions coming over this summer. And those are Victor Venn, who will be a true freshman, a little speed back, and uh, Ramon Jefferson, the transfer from, a transfer from Sam Houston. I think that Fontenot and Jefferson are your 1A and 1B. I, I think I'd give Jefferson the edge, although it's tough to... The only reason I do that is because of what we've seen from him on tape, and his tape is against FCS players. Now, they are the best of the best in FCS. You know, coming off a FCS semifinal appearance, year before that, they won the championship. He's an All-American. He's kind of leading the way through all this. So it is still solid competition, but, you know, we've seen Alex Fontenot go up against Oregon, and that's... Oregon would win the FCS. I think we could be confident in saying that. Um, I'm giving Ramon Jefferson just, just a slight edge here. But you could really see that going either way. I do think that there's probably a gap after that. Um, Dion Dion looked pretty good this spring. It's just that, as crazy as it sounds, he didn't really get opportunities. Like you would think that with these other guys hurt, Fontenot wasn't out there all that much. We didn't see him in either scrimmage. You would think that we'd be sitting here saying Dion he had a great opportunity, all that stuff. And it's like, well, nobody blocked for him, and. He, he made a couple plays out there, but there's only so much that he could do. Um, and because of that, you just didn't see enough to say, you know what, he's your, he's your back. He's your back. Um, still, though, he is, on paper, at least your number three. From there, Jaylee stacks. And then uh, the, the competition for that fifth spot is probably between Charlie Offerdahl and uh, Victor Venn. 
which will be it'll be a battle. You know, Charlie Offerdahl. It'd be a lot of fun if he winds up being somebody who contributes at CU. And again, as a redshirt freshman walk-on, he's probably not there yet, right? If it does happen, he's still probably at least a year away and, and likely more. But if he is going to see the field at some point, it's going to be because he just slowly beat guys out. You know, it's because this year he beat out Victor Venn. It's because next year he beat out Anthony Hankerson. Again, he's going to have an advantage. He's he's had a year in a program that Venn hasn't. He's going to have two in the program that uh, Hankerson hasn't. And and he, he just kind of needs to hold serve over those young guys, which is possible. But, but that battle, I mean, obviously everybody's going to be looking at the quarterbacks. They're going to be looking at number two tight end, the receivers. There's a bunch of battles you get to before number five running back. But... I'll be I'll be sneaky curious to hear uh, how that plays out, and who knows? Maybe we get to see Charlie a little bit on Saturdays this fall. Um, then after that, I think Noah Wagner again, it, just as a as a freshman walk on, probably pretty safe to say he's he's holding up the rear right there. Um, I'm honestly would be saying the same about Charlie if he hadn't had such a great day in the spring game. So. Also, Noah Wagner listed 6'4", 220. He looks like it, too. I remember that first scrimmage seeing him out there and being like, whoa, what? what is this guy? And and then looking and being like, 6'4"? Yeah, he is 6'4". So for him, I mean, the path might be get up to 6'4", 230, 240, and have kind of a Derrick Henry style. And, and if he winds up being able to break the first tackle every time because he's so big and strong, that is his path to the field. Maybe the exact opposite of Charlie Offerdahl's. Um... Wide receiver or quarterback next? Let's let's hit wide receiver. Build some suspense for quarterback. Um, Cause I have some thoughts on where that competition stands. All right. Uh, listed at receiver: Daniel Arias, Maurice Bell, Michael Harrison, Jack Estera, Jalen Jackson, Montana Lamonius Craig, Chase Penry, R.J. Snead. Uh, in the injured section, you have Grant Page and Ty Robinson. Over the summer, you're also going to have Chase Soule, uh, Jordan Tyson, both joining the program. Again, true freshman could get out there. As of right now, I, I think they're holding the rear down. Um, at the top, I think right now it's Daniel Arias. Or no, 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 sorry. It's RJ Sneed. It is RJ Sneed. I always forget about him when we're doing these things. Uh, RJ Sneed, just veteran, proven player, and a nice, simple target uh, for for a quarterback, kind of the safety blanket, right? And he, he can line up in the slot. I think that we've talked about this a little bit, but if if Penry breaks out, then Penry's in the slot. Otherwise, it's R.J. Sneed holding down the slot, um, especially with a quarterback like Brendan, who doesn't want to throw to the sidelines as, as much. He really does a lot of the work over the middle of the field. I think that if, if you want to put your best players in position to succeed, that means you put RJ Sneed in the slot because you'd expect Brendan to use the slot a lot. And also, I mean, also use the tight ends a lot. Um, RJ Sneed's number one. Look at him probably in the slot. Um, Daniel Arias is is kind of your your number one receiver, your your X receiver, the guy you just put out there and, and let him go win himself. Um he uh coaches love him phil mcgagan loves him and you know he's a player who's needed to be coached and i think that he's being coached better than he's ever been coached before um we'll see how it all pans out as of right now though i think he's sitting at number two um we're gonna go montana limonius craig sitting at number three 
um, he he talked a little bit about how him and Daniel work off of each other. You know, just because Daniel can take off the the the, the top of the defense and open things up a little bit for Montana. Obviously, it's true for all these guys when Daniel's out there. Um, but but we do have Chase here at number three, and then uh, from there is where it gets tough. I'm gonna say Maurice Bell at number four as of right now. Uh, coming back from the injury, he's a senior. He made some plays though, and. Uh, yeah, he's at number four. Now we're going to hit, uh, I think, Ty Robinson, number five. Then we go to Penry, number six. Pen Penry could easily be uh, in Maurice Bell's place, though, or Ty Robinson's, obviously. I think I think those three together are, are kind of this competition for, for first guy in off the bench, that number four job. Um, if we want to make this more into tiers. Um, and then the, the top of the next tier, Jack Estera. Uh, he looked really good this season. Still, that, that makes him the number seven receiver. As a redshirt freshman walk-on, that's honestly a pretty good place to be. Um, Jalen Jackson. Typo with Jalen Jackson. He's listed as 6'3", 190. <laughs> that is not true. Um, I'm, I'm going to see what he's actually listed. Just... Because he's definitely not 6'3". I don't think he's 190 either. How could he be? Um, he's next up. Uh, Michael Harrison is right there. And then all these freshmen, as of right now, are right there. But obviously, they, they could climb as well. So just to run through that again, number one, RJ Sneed. Number two, Daniel Arias. Number three, Montana Lamonius Craig. Four, Maurice Bell. Five, Ty Robinson. Six, Chase Penry. Seven, Jack Estera. Uh, eight, Jalen Jackson. Nine, Michael Harrison. And uh, then the freshmen. Jalen Jackson, by the way, not 6'3", 190. He's actually listed as 5'10", 170. I'm not sure what happened there. Some, ain't, nobody else is 6'3", 190. Um, Ty Robinson is 6'3", 195. Oh, well. Um, there you go. Wrapping the offense up, we're going to go to the quarterbacks. At quarterback, you know what? I got I to gotta say, number one, I think it's Brendan. I think it's Brendan. And this is something I've gone back and forth with. Um, I came into camp thinking it's JT. Uh, after the first day, you hear all the Brendan hype. I, I flipped and said Brendan. Um, after that, uh, we saw him in the scrimmage, and I said JT. And then we saw him again at the uh, the, the spring game. I think it flipped again back to Brendan. Again, this is neck and neck, obviously. It's going back and forth basically every time we see these guys play. Curious what the coaches think. I would love just like a totally honest off the record conversation with you know Carl or Mike Sanford or any of these guys and hear what they say because who knows I would say that there's a say two to one chance I, I think that there is a two to one chance that right now they know who they want I th I've, and that doesn't necessarily mean that's the the guy that's going to be but there is one guy who has a very clear lead right now in their minds. But they they aren't they aren't telling us. They aren't telling the team. And who knows? Maybe maybe they aren't even talking about themselves all that much. Um, but I do think that there's a better than fifty fifty chance that they have a good sense of who the guy is going to be. Um, again, though, from the outside, it's tough to tell. It, I think it's fifty fifty. I'm leaning Brendan. I'm leaning Brendan. Um, from there, obviously, JT's your number two. Uh, the other three listed are Drew Carter, Maddox Cop, James Mott. I think Maddox Cop is the, the number three as of right now. I'm going to give Drew Carter the edge over James Mott just because he has a scholarship. 
um, based on nothing other than the fact that he is on scholarship. But when, when push comes to shove, who's going to be on the field this season if if all hell breaks loose? I mean, you wind up three quarterbacks either down or playing so badly you have to replace them. Uh, I'll say Drew Carter gets in over James Mott. I'm not... I, it's it's tight though, and Cop is honestly pretty close as well. Um, but I do think that he 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 has a hold on the third third job right now. Um, so there we go. That's the offense. That's the offense. We're gonna get to the defense, but real quick, DraftKings Sportsbook is incredible. Uh, I uh, I'm headed to this Avs game tonight. There's also Rockies tonight, isn't there? So I I have a bunch of stuff I need to figure out. Um, both those bets, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause I'm like a, 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 a bad Rockies fan or a realistic Rockies fan. I'm not sure which it is, but I just have a tough time seeing Colorado being a decent team this season. And at some point, you know, the floor kind of drops out from under them. You see them lose like they did last night. And it's like, ah, you know, that happened two games before you got blown out. Is this, is this it? So I think I'm going to fade the Rockies tonight and at the very least, I'm not going to bet on him. Um, I will say, at this point, betting on Chris Bryant to hit a home run is a very good bet. You know, he still doesn't have one as a Rocky, and they're like 16 games in. It's got to be coming soon. And he gets probably 4-1 to one odds, something like that, maybe even better. That's, I think within the next four games, he does it. So if you make the bet four times, then you're feeling good about it. Um but yeah, a lot of stuff going on. If you haven't signed up for DraftKings Sportsbook yet, Sportsbook yet uh, make sure that you do that and use the code DNVR because if you do, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win its playoff game. You'll get $150 in free bets whether you're right or wrong. Just make the bet and immediately right in your pocket, you get all of those free bets. So get in on that. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, Athletic Greens. The Athletic Greens is a product that I personally use every single day. Um, I wake up, I get my athletic greens. Sometimes like today I, I wound up going to Starbucks. I got coffee that was way too big. I feel like a maniac right now because I drank too much of it. And, uh, if I would have just stuck to athletic greens and athletic greens only, I would be feeling a lot better right now. And that's because it gives you energy. It gives you, um, it helps your body heal. It's good for your gut health. It just does all sorts of different things, and that's because it's packed with supplements. Um, there's 75 vitamins. There's minerals in there as well, um, probiotics, all of that sort of stuff, and it just comes in a powder form. You scoop it, put it in your water, shake it up, drink it, and uh, it's a great way to start your day. So I definitely recommend that. And if you sign up for Athletic Greens right now, or no, you don't even have to sign up to a subscription. You make a purchase and you'll get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com buffs. That's athleticgreens.com B-U-F-F-S. And take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And finally, Escape Artist. Escape Artists is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. It prioritizes quality and consistency. There's ratios available in 1 to 1 and high ratio CBD 20 to 1. They have you covered. Always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver the premium 
experience. The 800-800 creams are Escape Artist's highest potency creams available. They penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort. They're non-greasy. They don't stain. They're fast absorbing. They take effect in 10 minutes or less, but the benefits last up to two to three hours. It's an awesome product, and you can pick it up at Colorado's premier dispensary. That's Light Shade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's right off of 6th and Federal. It's the biggest Light Shade store. Specialty products are that are there that are not offered at other locations. Locations. The 420 specials are still live. Today's your last day to get in there. Five of their best-selling products are buy one, get one for a dollar. And that ends today. So make sure you get in there. And remember that if you don't, podcast listeners always get 25% off non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Cool, 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 cool. On to the defense. Um... These ones are honestly a little bit tougher just because the, the depth chart goes so much deeper. Um, instead of telling you what the numbers are, let's just go through it. Um, let's start defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. So those are the, the two guys inside. And I just realized... yeah. Uh, so, so yesterday, and this would have been so smart for me to do beforehand, but I'm not that smart, so I didn't. I was talking about how I thought that that 4-3 base defense would be built that way just for Terrence Lang because Terrence Lang just makes so much sense to be playing a defensive end spot instead of playing in the interior, playing that three technique that he was kind of stuck with last year. And they moved him around a little bit. He did a little bit of different stuff. Um, but with this new 4-3, I think they pulled the trigger in large part because they wanted Terrence to play defensive end. Now, that was all coming out of my brain and not based on reading this depth chart, so I sounded like it was a guess instead of just telling you facts. Um, but we do see here, he is listed as a defensive end and not a defensive tackle, um, which, you know, again, we'll, might as well have this conversation now instead of waiting to talk about the defensive ends. But when we were watching that spring game, you know, that starting defensive line, those four guys out there, you, you had Naim Rodman and Jalen Sami out there. You also, on the edges, had Guy Thomas and Chance Main. Two outside linebackers, or they were outside linebackers. Now they just play this edge position um, that I guess you man differently based on the the, the game situation and, and kind of who else is out there on defense probably. But um, because of that, it made you wonder, especially because Terrence wasn't playing because he was banged up for whatever was happening, it made you wonder where he was going to fit especially considering Chris Wilson has told us they want to get more of the defensive linemen on the field, and that's why they wanted the 4-3. So if, if he says that, then you see two defensive linemen, two outside linebackers in your first line and your second line, it kind of hints at Terrence being out there. But this does say Terrence at defensive end slash outside linebacker. That's what they call it on the sheet. Um, going back to defensive tackle, though. Uh, eight guys listed. Alan Baugh, Justin Jackson, Janaz Jordan, Mason Maddox, Niam Rodman, Jalen Sami, Kanan Ter- Turnbull, uh, Blake Wire, and injured, you have Tyus Martin, that's right. Um, as it stands today, I think Jalen Sami, Niam Rodman, that's your one and two. Uh, Janaz Jordan, your number three. Number four is Justin Jackson. And then that's where things really open up. 
um, Tyus Martin could could factor in right there. Mason Maddox made a couple plays early in the scrimmage, but but he's probably closer. Eh. Alan Baugh is the only other name you'd throw in there. So I would guess it's it's Tyus Martin, Alan Baugh, Mason Maddox, Kanan Turnbull, Blake Weir. Wire. I actually don't know how to say his name. This is the first time he's come up on the podcast. Um, but we'll see. And over the summer, I don't think there are any additions. I guess there is a freshman. Um, who is it? Oh, Aaron Austin. Aaron Austin. Uh, but you expect him to be toward the bottom, maybe competing with the walk-ons. But as of now, that is how it shakes out. Um, the, 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 you'll expect to see quite a bit of rotation out of out of this defensive line. That's what they've done in the past. That rotation, I guess, would be Jalen Sami and Nyam Rodman at the top, and then Janaz Jordan and Justin Jackson behind him. Uh, you, you could see another player get in, but I think in terms of the defensive tackles, that's it. That's especially it if there are situations where they move Terrence Lang inside. You know, if you wind up saying, hey, Jamar, his his pass rush is, is looking incredible. We've got to have him out there on one edge. Um, Chance Main, he's everything we'd hoped, and, and we got to have him out there on the other edge. And so we're going to push Terrence inside and be kind of that interior presence. Like, you could see how that could happen um, on, on third downs. But even if it doesn't, I think they probably stick with those four at defensive tackle. Um, at this defensive end slash outside linebacker, I would say that uh, you you start with guy or sorry with Terrence Lang number one. Sorry, I forgot he was in there. Uh, from there you go, Guy Thomas number two, and then from there all hell breaks loose. Um, Chance Main is probably number three just based on him being rotated in ahead of Jamar Montgomery. We don't have a lot to work off of, but that is one thing we, we do. Um, so we'll go Jamar number four, um, Alvin Williams number five, Devin Grant number six, uh, you go Zion Magalay number seven. Oh, sorry. No, that's, that's actually wrong. Um, Let's start at the top again. We'll, we'll recap this top. I forgot, injured, you have Josh Gustav. So so one, Terrence Lang. Two, Guy Thomas. Three, Chance Main. Four, Jamar Montgomery. Five is a battle between Josh Gustav and Alvin Williams. Um, and then Devin Grant right behind him. And honestly... Like probably in that battle as well, and the same battle that Jamar's in and Chance is in, and I I don't think Guy Thomas is. I think he's probably clear of that. And every job is up for grabs, all those sorts of things. If if he has a bad camp, these guys do things will change. But as of right now, um, I do think Guy's in front. So yeah, instead of calling this rankings, here's what the tiers look like: a uh, Terrence Lang, Guy Thomas. They're that tier one. Um, you might even be able to separate Terrence into his own tier. You wouldn't be able to if Guy hadn't gotten hurt. We're going to keep those guys in the same tier, actually. And uh, this second tier is where you have Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery, um, and then Joshka, Alvin, Devin, all in that same tier. We're going to have a tier break, and then it's probably, honestly, Zion Magalay all alone. Um just because we've heard his name a little bit more than the others. But you still have Caton Supernaut, uh, Ryan Williams uh, coming from the defensive line room, um, and uh, Mason Midget as well. 
So, again, we talk about the depth of this group. It is insane. It is insane. Now, you also look at it and say, Terrence is gone after this year. Chance is gone after this year. Jamar is gone after this year. Guy is gone after this year. So there's those top four we were talking about. And after that, that's that's when it's really up to Alvin Williams, Zion Magalay, Devin Grant. Um, and and if they play well this season, Josh Gustav will be back as well. That's a that's still a solid group. Um, there isn't a whole lot of depth, but whether they add a transfer next offseason probably just depends on how well those guys play and the likely limited opportunities they'll get. Um, and honestly, it, it's going to be really hard to keep Alvin Williams off the field. I think there's a, a good chance that even Zion Magalay, Devin Grant for sure, it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field. Um, Joshka, how do you keep him off the field? Like, this is the room of chaos. Defensive end, outside linebacker. Because basically what you did is took two position groups and then combined them into one and said we have the, the same number of jobs. Like, there's still only two jobs, even though we combined all this. So, crazy depth for sure. And and the reason, I mean, it's... When you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, you can just combine those rooms and get crazy depth. Why didn't they do that years ago? Well, because it stretches the inside linebackers out. Uh, that's that's why. And that's where we're going next because three of them are going to be on the field. Three of them are going to be on the field. Um, now, again, you get into your nickel packages and one comes off, and then there's things like that that happen. You go dime and two come off. So there is some flexibility there, but in your base defense, that 4-3 base defense, three of these guys on the field. Um, seven of them listed. Uh, nobody hurt. I guess over the summer, you also have... Uh, uh, is it Aubrey? Yeah, Aubrey Smith. There we go. Aubrey Smith coming in um, from Buford High School. That's why I had Buford in there. But uh, Aubrey Smith is coming in. He's going to factor in as well immediately. Uh, so Quinn Perry, I think you have to have as your number one. Uh, he's, he's, he's a senior. We saw how they used him last year. He was their replacement for Nate. I, I think that Quinn Perry, as of right now, is your number one. And he's, he's your Mike linebacker. Um, from there... Uh, Robert Barnes is your number two. Those are the two seniors in the room. Everybody else, freshmen and sophomores. So, again, you lose those two next year. How are you going to run this 4-3? Well, the answer is you probably flip back to the 3-4, th honestly. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see what that all looks like. Um, unless these guys break out. Who knows? We'll see. That's a conversation for eight months from now. But um, after those two, I think things really open up. Um Marvin Ham is the number three as of right now. I think Mr. Williams could take that job. Although Mr. Mr. Fitz better as a replacement for Quinn Perry. I think Mr. is your Mike linebacker starting in 2023. Um, can he get on the field in the the Sam position? Probably be next most likely. They haven't listed listed Mike Sam Mo. Um, the Mo it used to be kind of that dime linebacker. Well. Hopefully, we'll learn more about the mechanics of all this at some point. Um, I guess maybe if I watch the spring game, I'll see it for myself. But uh, Quinn Perry, I think long-term is replaced by Mr. Williams. Um, and because of that, could it be tough for Mr. to crack the, the lineup this year? Probably. Um, if Quinn doesn't play well, then maybe not, though. So 
just running back through this, I, Quinn's your starting Mike. Robert Barnes is your starting Mo. Uh, Marvin Ham is your starting Sam. Um, Mr. Williams is kind of number four. Owen Carey could factor in as well. Uh, I think that he might be next up. So if Isaac Hurtado, who's a sophomore instead of a true freshman, um, Tommy Notarani is listed, um, redshirt freshman. I, I think that that's what that looks like. Um, and we're going to give Owen Carey the the advantage just because he's on campus for spring ball and say that right now, just run through this one more time. Quinn Perry won. Number two is uh, uh, Robert Barnes. Number three is Marvin Ham. Number four, Mr. Williams. Number five, Owen Carey. Number six, Aubrey Smith. And then Tommy Notarani, Isaac Hurtado. Could go either way. Hurtado, I think, made more plays in the spring game. Notarani definitely made one. I think there were two for Hurtado. They're 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 toward the bottom. This is the answer. Um, yeah, uh, you go Hurtado in front. Yeah. From there, we can touch on. Do we do safety or cornerback? Let's go through the corners next. Let's go through the corners next. So at corner, you have eight guys listed, plus Nigel's hurt. So there's nine that we're working with right now. Plus you have Simeon Harris and Keyshawn Mills, true freshman, coming in this summer. So that's what that room looks like right now. Um, starting at the top, I'm going to say Nigel Bethel's your number one. Yeah, Nigel Bethel's your number one. Um, Jalen Stryker, by the way, listed as a safety. So that... Obviously takes him out of this conversation, puts him in a different one. Um, Nigel Bethel, number one. We'll say Kalen Moore, number two. Nico Reed, number three. Uh, Josh Wiggins, number four. Jason Oliver, number five. It's just so hard. Where do we put Torrin Pittman? Torrin Pittman should... It, honestly, there's tears. Nigel Bethel's going to be out there. I'm confident in that. From there, all those guys, Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, Torrin Pittman, Jason Oliver, Josh Wiggins... Two more freshmen coming in over the summer. That's seven guys who any two of them could wind up being your number two and three corners. Um, in some ways, that's a good problem. In some ways, it's a little bit scary. But, again, if I had to put them in order, Kalen, Nico, Wiggins, Oliver Pittman, then Harrison Mills in either order. You also have Trey Ortega in that room. Um He's he's a walk-on. You have uh, another walk-on, Mac Willis, the kicker who flipped. We're going to have those two bringing up the rear. Um, it's it's still so hard to separate all these guys out. That's gonna It's going to be a crazy battle in camp. Uh, that's another one that's just straight-up chaos. And we can wrap things up with the safeties. Um, Isaiah Lewis is your starting strong safety. He's uh, probably locked into that role. As of right now, Trevor Woods is your starting free safety. So I think that you look at those two there and then Tyron Taylor in the slot. Um, so he'll come on and off based on whether you have uh, three or two linebackers in there. Um, so we'll see who comes off. I guess it's Marvin Ham, but again, we'll, we'll find out. Barnes will be out there. It's between Ham and Perry, but since Perry is your Mike, you probably leave him in there since he's supposed to be your, your kind of communicator out there. That That's the thought process. But if it turns out Ham is 
close to as good of a tackler and better in coverage, then you have a conversation there. Um, but those are your top three. Um, and, you know, with the, the free safety, strong safety, nickel, it's kind of tough to just put them in order. Um, but Isaiah Lewis is on the field. He's number one. Um, Tyron Taylor, number two. Trevor Woods, number three. Although Trevor Woods probably plays more just because he'll be playing free safety instead of the, the nickel spot. Um, from there, Anthony Lyle is probably up next. Um, and then you get into, is it Jordan Wolverton? Is it Jalen Stryker? Is it uh, Austin Dahlke? You've got Ben Finiseth out there as well. Uh, you also have Oki. Um, on top of that, Jeremy Mack, the Juco transfer coming in. Dylan Dixon is a uh, is your top-rated recruit. He's coming in over the summer. So if we got to put him in order, which dude, I can't just leave everybody hanging. Isaiah Lewis, Tyron Taylor, Trevor Woods, Anthony Lyle, Dylan Dixon. Let's. I think that he's next up your list of guys who have the opportunity. Um, uh, Jordan Wolverton or Oki is a is a very difficult question to have an answer to, especially since Oki was banged up for most of camp. He didn't do all that much. Um, we'll give it to Wolverton for that. No, we're giving it to Oki. I think I think Oki's still more likely to get the opportunity. Uh, so Oki, then Wolverton, Dalkey, then Finiseth. Yeah. We can repeat that one more time just because I'm lost. Isaiah Lewis, Tyron Taylor, Trevor Woods, uh, Anthony Lyle, Jalen Stryker. I think that's right. Dylan Dixon. It might be Dixon for a striker. It's tough to say. Um, Oki, Wolverton, Dalkey, Finiseth. Okay, there we go. Um, that's all set in stone now, at least in my brain. Um might as well hit the specialist too. Your punter's Ashton Logan. Um, they also have Noah Hubbard listed. He's your backup. He's a walk-on. Um, Cole Becker is going to be doing your kickoffs. He's going to be your your basic just kicker as well. Um, Mac Willis is going to be your your backup kickoff guy. Um, probably your backup kicker as well. Unless I think Noah Hubbard factors in as well. Ashton Logan also might. Um, but that's that's how we're gonna have it for now. I wonder how much Mac is even kicking, considering he's now listed at cornerback. Who's to say? Um, punt return. They actually have only have two listed: Chase Penry, Nico Reed. I think Nico's number one, then Penry. The, that's what I think. Um, kick return. They have Nico Reed and Dion Smith. Again, I think it's Nico number one. I think Maurice Bell probably factors in at some point as well over there. Holder, they have Ashton Logan and and Mac Willis. Just because Mac is playing cornerback, I'd guess it's Ashton Logan. Um, then you've got Derek Bettle and Cameron Warchuk as your short and long snapper. Uh, we're going to say Bettle holds down that, that starting job, and then Warchuk is the backup. So there you go. There is an entire depth chart. There's an entire depth chart. What a day. I know I'm worn out. Tomorrow, we've got to talk about some draft stuff before the draft starts. So be on the lookout for that. Who knows? Might be some basketball news going around. But, uh, I mean, we're waiting on transfers, too. I'm surprised we haven't heard about any transfers. Um, shocked, honestly. Shocked. 
You would think that there'd be at least two or three by now, but those have got to be coming the next couple days. Uh, So that's going to be it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll talk then.